You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Mod Advisor and are able to give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. It's going to be a great year in 2022 at Florida Risk Partners now that IPFS is in the game with their total pay strategy. We can write excess and surplus lines and completely remove the agency bill from our agency. People, if you're not using total pay by IPFS, you're definitely leaving money on the table. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Having partners like Mineral only bolsters the fact that your clients do not care about the insurance. It's all of the value that you're able to add. And with partners like Mineral who can help with both HR and environmental health and safety, we can't help but win. This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? David here from the Power Producers Podcast. And with Kyle welcoming his second baby into the world, we have run out of inventory. Not bad, though. It actually is a benefit for you because what we're going to do is we're going to give you a look behind the curtains of Killing Commercial Insurance a little bit. And in this shop talk, you're going to listen to a recording from one of our standard Monday new producer calls. I don't share this stuff often, but I wanted to give y'all just a little taste of what happens behind the scenes so you can see why these agencies are dominating in the commercial arena. Listen up and get ready to take a lot of notes. Here we go. Okay, that helps me out because those were the two big ones that I had from last week. The other one that I, I sort of had rant, running around inside my head was the um, when you're actually auditing an account, what does that process look like? I know you've talked about it a couple of different times. Like sometimes you'll split it with the customer, even if they're not, you know, for found monies and that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I if thought they're not your customer, but how are you? getting the necessary information to audit those accounts. Um, they will definitely have given us a letter of engagement okay. by then. So technically they are our client, even though we're not placing coverage for them. So, you know, number one, we are not going to start doing any work until we've agreed upon what that split looks like. And I've got a signed contract. Like I'm happy to share what a typical fee agreement looks like for us. I think I put one somewhere, but I really need to get it up in a place that's more visible. So I'm happy to share what that looks like. And it spells everything out, man. We talk about this is what we're going to do for that annual fee. We're going to list every policy that's going to be contemplated under that fee agreement uh, if we're placing coverage. And the reason, Matt, is you'll know the other guys, this may not be as big of a deal to, but here, the reason we need to make sure we do that is because if we're going to service fee an account, I'm not going to service fee the workers comp because the rate, the commission's embedded into the rates. So right. if I were to go to summit who, you know, let's just say summit's writing a $500,000 premium workers comp account for me. And, you know, 
I go to them and say, I'd like you to net commissions on this. They're going to say, thank you very much. The premium's still 500,000 because that's what the state rates are. We're just going to make $50,000 a year more profit now because you're not taking commissions from us. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go in and I'm going to go in and in my service fee, I'm going to say place the negotiation and placement of the following insurance policies. And I'm going to list property, general liability, auto, umbrellas, cyber, but I'll remain silent on the workers comp because it's not going to be contemplated by the fee agreement. I'm getting my commission from the carrier and I can't legally take a commission and a fee on the same policy. So if I would have gone in on that particular account, let's just say the 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 commissions on the overarching relationship we're going to be and I know fellas listen, this is not normal. These are huge numbers. This so please don't think this is like a normal thing for us. I just I'm already down the rabbit hole so I'm keeping with the same numbers. Let's just say that it was 100,000 in commissions, okay? On the overarching account and 50 of that was going to come from that workers comp placement. I would make my fee agreement for 50,000 and have that cover everything else and then take the commission and but just make sure all of that's lined out. That's why it's important to to identify which policies are going to be contemplated from the fee agreement. So, um but yeah, that that's how we do it and you know, I always pitch 50-50 when I'm splitting. I've never there's been one time, but nobody ever argues with that um it has a lot to do with how you set the table too up front. You know, you don't want to go in and make them think that you're being greedy or that this is something they can do without you. Because if it was something they could do without you, it would already be done. Like, and that's what I say to them. You know, if somebody says, well, what do I need you for? Well, you didn't even know you were missing the money until I told you. So, you know, now I'm going to tell you you're missing the money. How are you going to go get it? What, what process are you going to take? But I have the only time I've had anybody push back was the one I've shared and they wanted 70 30 on that deal. And I was okay with it because I knew how much money we were. I, I knew I had a very good feeling up front, how much we were going to be able to recover for them. And so I agreed to that deal and we ended up, it took me like, it was like two hours of work for me and we recovered 1.3 million and I got 40% of that for two hours. So figure out that number that serious money. So for those of you who don't know, who don't know what we're talking about, and it's just kind of narrow, what Matt's talking about is how we get paid on accounts before we place the insurance. So if we go in, you know, if you've heard me talk enough, then you'll know that my preferred time to engage with somebody is about a month after the account renews for a bunch of reasons. Number one, if the renewal sucked, it's still fresh on their mind. Number two, they likely have not had their audit yet. Number three, you're getting a head start over all your competition because nobody else is going to go in you know, that early. They're going to wait until 90, 120 days at the most ahead of time. Number four, if they're willing to take a meeting with you a month after they renewed, they got problems that they want to have fixed. Like That's an account that like, if somebody says, yes, I'd love to talk to you. I just went through my renewal and it was horrible. There's a very, like, I, I can't think of a single time that I've had a meeting a year, like, a month after renewal that I haven't closed the business. Like I'm being dead serious when I say that. I think I've got a hundred percent close rate on things that I've gotten in that far in advance. And then the last one is that they don't have to go to their um they don't have to go to their agent. They don't have to go to their agent to get loss runs because they just went through renewal. They likely already have all of that. And it's still credible enough data on the front end that you can use it for whatever you need to use, use it for. So 
you know, it doesn't matter. You, you don't have to go in and lead with audit being the thing you want to talk about. You can still do an experience mod analysis or whatever else. You just need to know what you're getting yourself into on the front end. And you want to agree to it before you do all the work. And so, you know, I would go in and I would do the mod audit up front, but that's it. That's where it stops. Okay. You know, and the other thing too is, listen, it's really, really important. If you're going to be out and giving people free labor, no matter what it is, but if you're going to do that experience mod audit, you have got to assign a value to that because if you don't, and you don't need to, you don't need to like make something formal and present it to the prospect or whatever, but you need them to understand that just because you're not charging them for something doesn't mean that it's not free. If you don't identify the value, then the perceived value is exactly what you're charging, which is nothing. But I always tell a, a prospect that, you know, listen, I know that we can help you. I'm so confident that I'm willing to give you the experience mod analysis that we're going to do at no cost. This is something we would typically charge $2,500 to $3,000 for, but I'm confident enough that based on what I've seen already and what our track record is in your industry, that I'm willing to give you this for absolutely no cost because I have a feeling when I come back and present it to you, you're going to want to hire my firm to fix all of the issues that you're wasting money on or whatever. Right. So, but I'm always going to make sure they know it's 2,500 to $3,000. So that could be the baseline risk assessment. It could be a vulnerability assessment on cyber, whatever. Just make sure you put a price tag on whatever it is that you're giving away to try and get a deal because otherwise you're not going to get much cooperation and it also assists in getting the information that you need too. Same thing holds true when you, if you're going to go. So, so let's just say that we go in and we do the mod audit and we come back and we realize that there is a mistake on the mod and that mistake goes back three years. Well, we're a month after renewal. You're not going to cancel and rewrite a worker's comp policy at that time. You've got 11 months to wait before you're going to get paid on it. So what are some ways that you can get paid leading into that? Well, the first one is, and by the way, this is exactly how you need to set this up. So pay attention to sequencing here because it's really important. I would assign a service fee to it first. Okay. Once you go in and you find what the issues are going to be, let's just say, you know, this account is roughly 10 grand in revenue. Let's call it 12 grand in revenue just to keep the numbers easy. It's $12,000 in commissions to the agency. That's $1,000 a month to the prospect, right? So we can pitch that. We can say, look, you know, if you want to go ahead and have us come in and start cleaning things up for you, then, you know, our, our normal service fee is going to cost about $12,000 annually for an account like this. That would be $1,000 a month. The way that you would recoup this money would be you go ahead and pay us for the time we start working. But when your renewal comes, we would handle that. We would write your policies net of commission so that the commission's taken out and the money you save on the raw premium would be to offset what you're paying us in fee. Now, obviously, you're going to front load that because you're already paying commission to someone else and paying us to come in and do our services. But that's why we're willing to put you on a monthly deal. Now, if you don't want to spend money out of pocket, there's another way that we do this and some people prefer this. However, you would need to agree to that on the front end before we start. And that is, we feel strongly that there's an aggravated inequity situation based on what we've seen on your mod work. And we know 
that we can go back for up to three years and capture money that you should not have paid and have that refunded to you by petitioning the carriers once we go back and get NCCI to correct the mistake. So rather than you spending $1,000 a month, we're willing to split whatever money we recover from you 50-50. Now we've laid out something that's going to cost them money out of their pocket, albeit only $1,000 a month versus now they don't have to pay us anything and we're just going to split money with them 50-50. So I know which one pays more. It's the 50-50, right? But the risk you run, and and this is 100% a risk, you've got to have a comfort level is doing all the work and that money gets refunded to them and then they don't pay you. Okay. That's what you need to be concerned about. If that's the case, that's not a good prospect for you. Obviously to begin with, you can sniff the majority of that out on the front end, but that's why you need to have a signed document that clearly outlines. This is what we're supposed to get paid because even at that 30, you know, that 70, 30 split, when I sent that invoice over for like $421,000 or whatever it is, it hit the fan. Everybody had a short-term memory, except here's the contract. Here's what you agreed to. And they ended up paying the money. So, um, But you have to remember that because any money you recover is going to run right back through that prospect. They're not going to pay you. It's got to go through them, and then they have to cut the check when you invoice them. So that could be an issue. That's the that's the issue you run with any service fee business. Is they can just not pay. So better have a comfort level as to who the person is or, or the, the account is, you know, what type of industry and all of that. You know, if this is a trucking company that's been with three carriers in four years, that is zero chance I'm doing a service fee for them. Now, if you find the right account, it makes for a very, very attractive offer at the point of sale because you have the ability to control their cost, number one. Number two, you have the ability to set the baseline on your own compensation. And number three, in addition to you know helping them control their cost and setting the baseline for your own compensation, you can also show them that you have skin in the game, okay? Now, listen, this is not something, and I really don't want to get too much into this, but we're far enough down the rabbit hole, we might as well finish talking about it. You guys are not going to run into opportunities for this right now, okay? I'm just going to call it what it is. You know, I don't want you, that's not me throwing shade at you. You're just not going to go out and start writing $50,000, at least the guys on this call, from what I can see, other than Mr. Welch, you're probably not going to have an opportunity to go out and write something that's going to be 50,000 in agency commissions right out of the box. You'll get there, which is why it's important that you get exposed to this stuff sooner than later. And the reason why I say that about Matt is a experience in years in the industry and B he's like 20 miles from me. So I know what the average premiums are where he's writing, you know? So, um, so all that to say you know, it's really, really important that that you understand how these deals get structured. And the best way to do it, in my opinion, is to always have some skin in the game for yourself because that's more attractive to the buyer. So when I talk about that, what I really mean is 
you're not going to set this up until you've already got a good handle on what's going on in the account. You will have already had a baseline risk assessment done. You're going to know what the work is that needs to be done from a loss control standpoint. You will have already built your budget, which that's something you guys need to be thinking about. If you're not the agency principal, you're not going to get exposed to that thought process, but you really need to have that thought process and your agency principal will absolutely love you because other producers aren't going to be thinking that way. But you need to have a budget on your account. So when you walk into that $50,000 revenue account, the agency's not going to get all 50000 of those dollars. You're going to have to invest in that relationship in the first few years, especially. Now, how much you invest is going to depend on what kind of resources you can get from the carrier versus what you're going to have to bring in third party for. My standard rule of thumb has always been that in year number one, if I'm dealing with an account that's got some hair on it, I am going to go 20% of whatever the revenue is in loss control budget year one. If it's 50,000 in commissions, I'm going to devote 10 into bringing my own third-party loss control out. The reason why is because I need to drive as much change in that account as quickly as possible because number one, I've got underwriters that are expecting it of me. They've, in many cases, taken a chance on an account they wouldn't write, but because they understand the results we're able to get and how we get them, they'll take a chance for me. Number two, perception. We've gone in, and by the time we get a deal closed, most of the time, it will have been, they will have seen us a multiple of the number of times they've seen their current agent because they're asleep at the wheel. We could be in there every other week for three months, you know, depending on the scope of service we're doing. And that's why that person will never get the renewal because we will have displaced them at that point. And so you need to look at it and determine what that budget is going to look like. Now, for there are a couple of you on here that are agency owners, and it's important for you to think about this too. I don't know what the right or the wrong way is. Here are the three things that can, or four things actually that could happen. Number one, you could just go to your client and say, hey, um, we're going to take commission on this account and you're going to be responsible for any third-party loss control. And here's what you need to get. Here's what you need to buy. We'll facilitate it, but this is what it's going to cost. You push that cost to them. I would never do that. The other one is the agency pays 100%, meaning the agency is going to go out and they're going to, you know, if it's $10,000 budget, the agency pays for it and calls it a day. The other way I've seen it done is the agency and the producers share the cost at the same rate that the commissions are shared. So if it's an agency like mine, where you pay 40% new and 25 on renewal, if we're going to have loss control go in, it could be 40% of that cost is borne by the producer and 60% by the agency. I will tell you at Florida Risk Partners, I just pay for it. I'm not, I'm not going to nickel and dime my producers. I'd rather just pay for it and make the money up in retention and a better contingency bonus because we're right and profitable business. And then, you know, the last one is that you just split it 50-50. Like I've seen that too. So you got to figure out how you're going to approach that stuff. But, you know, this is where like using somebody like Yellowbird, if you've heard me talk about it before, you know, that's where that comes in. Because if you if you need a DOT audit to get an account across the finish line, kind of want to know how much financial responsibility you're going to have versus how much the agency is going to have up front and vice versa. Or are you going to push 100% of that cost to the prospect, which that happens in a lot of cases too, because you know, something like that, you want to make sure they've got some skin in the game. So you want to set up your your budget and know what you're getting into. 
And that's really what helps you line out what everything's going to cost. Um, you know, there's, there are so many things that can go into that fee agreement as far as, you know, the different line items that it's, it's important that you just, you hit the high points. You don't want to, you don't want to beat them into submission, you know, as far as that goes. The other thing though, that I made the comment about, and this is the other, the other thing I wanted you guys to pay attention to, um, is you're setting the baseline for your compensation. So let's go back with the big numbers. Cause those are easier for me to use. $500,000 account, 10% commissions, $50,000 of revenue to the agency. The account's got a 1.9 mod. You know you can help them and you want to help them. And so you're going to set that account. And, and, and I'm saying this for a state, not Florida. Matt, we would have to take it. And by the way, we only we either represent you or we don't. Like I'm not going to go in and write monoline workers comp. I literally have one account in my book of business that's a monoline account. And that's because the rest of the program is in a captive and it makes no sense for me to try and pull it out. I agreed to do the comp on that one. So when you hear me talk, even though I set the table for you guys about how Florida works and how we would not normally net the commissions out of workers comp, just know that I'm also getting the rest of the lines and that plays into this. But let's just say that it's an overall account. It doesn't even have to be workers comp. It's a bad performing account, $50,000 in revenue. And I go in and say, you know what? Um, we would normally take a commission on this. However, I feel like our best case scenario for somebody like you would be to put it on a service fee arrangement so that you can see exactly what we're doing, complete transparency. It'll show you what we're spending on third-party loss control, how much we're willing to invest in your account, blah, 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 blah. When you pitch the deal, you can pitch it at the 50 grand or you can have your metrics built in. So if you know what their out-of-pocket loss costs were, or what the average losses per year on their workers on their loss runs were or whatever else, just figure it out, figure out whatever benchmark you want to use. And then for every so many dollars, you decrease that you get to bonus out. So I might do the deal as I'll do $50,000 fee guaranteed, but I'll do a $40,000 fee as a second option. I'll do a $40,000 fee and for every $50,000 we reduce your total out of pocket, I collect $5,000 in bonus. So your worst case scenario is if you pay me 60,000 because I would have 40 plus 20, if you pay me 60,000 you will have already saved $200,000. Okay? People love that model because now you have skin in the game and they know you're going to drive results if they pay you more. The thing is, you can only use that model for the first year or two because at some point you will have improved the account enough that you're not going to have room to bonus. Here's where it matters, though. Let's just say that we go in and we improve the risk profile of this account and we drive that cost down. Three years later, that account is now two hundred and fifty thousand in premium as opposed to you know five hundred. It's twenty five thousand in revenue as opposed to 50. If I'm dealing with embedded commissions, I cut my paycheck by 50% for doing my job the right way. In my scenario, I'm still getting paid 50 grand because I'm charging them a fee. So as the premium drops, my compensation doesn't. In that situation, I would even go back to them and say, hey, just an FYI, we've cut your costs in half. You're saving, you've saved $250,000 a year over the last three years, I don't ask for much when it comes to compensation increases, but I am going to ask you for a raise of, 
you know, $25,000. I'd like 10% of what I've saved you if you feel that that's fair. I'm now going to get paid $75,000 a year on a $250,000 account when everybody else gets paid $25,000. They're not going to fire me because if they did, they'd be right back to where they were. They can't maintain what we do on our own. It's cheaper to keep us. So I share all of that with you just to give you a different thought process and something to think through because as you go out there, specifically in the harder market, if you start getting into those accounts that are 25000 and more in commissions, so you know a couple hundred thousand in premium, this is something that you may want to schedule time and have us talk through to see if it makes sense for you to put a fee in place. And if so, what would that structure look like and how would you pitch it to those people? Because it's not something that the average prospect you're calling on is going to have heard before. It just doesn't get discussed in the middle market. This is what happens with Willis, Marsh, and Aon. And so you're going to see that as they, if, as they start to trickle down into the middle market, Gallagher, all of these national and international firms, you're going to see service fee become more and more common. I've just always done it because I knew that's how they did it. And it's really easy to go into a meeting with somebody. And when you get, if they're going to give you their three ring binder of all the policies, which most everybody will, if you ask for it, and many, if you don't, the first time they understand how much the agent and the agency that's placing that business makes is when you tell them. It's never in there. When we do a proposal to somebody, we identify exactly what our compensation is going to be. There's, it's completely transparent, especially in the fee basis, because we're billing them for it. We're telling them, here's what we do. Here's what we're charging you. They don't have a problem paying that bill. That's why the risk management action plan is so important, because I'm sending that thing with an invoice every single time. I want them to see we've earned the money that we're billing them for. And that's a huge thing. So before we wrap up, I know I went, on, went, went down that rabbit hole for a little while. It's probably the first time some of you have actually heard me describe that, unless you've heard me go into it on a podcast before. But anybody have any questions around fee before we, we wrap up for today? Everybody understand that? Like, I see head shaking. No, you don't have any questions. But if you need me to go into it more at some point, let me know. And I'll put out a blog post or something this week or another soundbite trying to give you steps and things to think about. But um, otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. No call Tuesday or Wednesday this week. So if I don't talk to you beforehand, I'll catch you guys next Monday at the latest. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes